This morning, the country woke up to the news that President Trump had tested positive for the coronavirus. The White House has said that he's showing mild symptoms and is in good spirits. The announcement came hours after the president confirmed that Hope Hicks, one of his closest aides, had tested positive. In the past few days, Trump and Hicks have traveled to fundraisers and campaign events, along with dozens of top advisors. Now, Trump's startling diagnosis has raised questions about who else could have the virus and how the presidential race could change with just four weeks left until Election Day. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, October 2nd. Coming up on the show, the days before President Trump's positive COVID test and what his diagnosis means for the weeks ahead. This episode is brought to you by Canva. When your work looks good, you look good. So create all the stunning presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos you need with Canva. Start with one of the designer-made templates or jump ahead with the power of AI. It's a real time saver and anybody can use it. Whatever department you work in, whatever you need, Canva will help you get it done and make it look fantastic. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. Rebecca Ballhouse covers the White House and has been traveling with the president. We spoke to her this morning about how this story has unfolded, starting with the news last night that Hope Hicks has COVID. My initial thought was not like this is some huge news that's going to change the entire campaign. But we started making calls on that. And, you know, we confirmed that she had indeed tested positive. There were still some questions about the timeline. We knew that she had traveled with the president earlier in the week, but it wasn't immediately clear when her positive test had come in and when he might have been exposed to it and all that. And then President Trump went on Hannity and made this very strange statement of, you know, saying he and Melania had been tested and that we'll see. And I just went out with a test. I'll see what, you know, because we spent a lot of time and the first lady just went out with a test also. Maybe we have it. Maybe we'll have to quarantine. And then shortly after he hung up with Hannity, he tweeted that he and Melania were going to start quarantining while they waited for their test results. And what was strange about this is that the White House, they used this rapid test that returns results in about 15 minutes. So it wasn't entirely clear what he was waiting for. The president gave that statement around 10 p.m. But as the night went on, no more news came out. So I had gone to sleep last night at about midnight. At 1 a.m., I got a call from our desk editor, Tula. And, you know, I was prepared to be kind of cranky on the phone about why she was waking me up. Um, And I picked up the phone and she said, the president tweeted that he tested positive. So, you know, I jumped out of bed sent some headlines, but it was just pretty remarkable. I mean, there have been a lot of close scares, a lot of people near him or who had come into contact with him who have tested positive over the last couple of months, but it sort of seemed like he was invincible. So it was definitely a surprise. The revelation that Trump and the First Lady have the virus sparked immediate questions about just where the president has been over the past few days, how he could have contracted the virus, 
and who else may have been exposed. And there are a lot of people who've been around the president this week. The election is a month away, so the president's schedule has been packed with campaign events. So let's walk through where he has been this week, starting on Tuesday, debate night. Ahead of the debate, what kind of precautions did the campaigns take? So the president was tested that morning. Uh, The people around him and coming into contact with him were also tested. And then he and Hicks and several others flew on Air Force One together to Cleveland for the debate. And I think because these people are tested so regularly, they often don't wear masks the entire time. And the level of social distancing that takes place on Air Force One is a little unclear to me. The White House says that they abide by all the precautions you're supposed to do to limit possible exposure But, you know, it's a big plane, but it's not that big a plane. So it's not clear to me how far apart they were really sitting. In Cleveland, Trump and his entourage made their way to the debate location. There, attendees were asked to maintain distance and wear masks. But once in the hall, most of Trump's family and advisors took off their masks. On the debate stage, Trump and Vice President Joe Biden didn't shake hands and stayed more than six feet apart. And how did COVID come up during the debate? Well, really, the central way that it came up is Joe Biden criticizing Trump for not taking it seriously enough and for sort of bungling the federal response to the pandemic. He's been totally irresponsible the way in which he has handled the the social distancing and people wearing masks, basically encouraged them not to. All right. Ben, he's a fool on this. If you could get- and what was really notable is that the president during the debate was mocking Biden for wearing a mask, which is something he's done in the past. When needed, I wear masks. OK, let me ask. I don't have to, I don't wear masks like him. Every time you see him, he's got a mask. He could be speaking 200 feet away from it. He shows up with the biggest mask I've ever seen. So the day after the debate, Trump held two events in Minnesota, a rally and a private fundraiser. Who was he with at those events? Hope Hicks again traveled with him to Minnesota. A host of other Trump officials traveled with them to those events. And our understanding is that while in Minnesota, Hope began experiencing some mild symptoms. And on the return flight, she quarantined sort of out of an abundance of caution, is what a White House official said. And what did people make of that at the time, of her isolating herself on the plane? That was not public at the time. I don't know how advisors on the plane responded. She didn't get tested when she got back to the White House that evening. So that says to me that they didn't necessarily take it super seriously right away. And when did Hope Hicks test positive? She tested positive on Thursday morning. And what's important about that timeline is that we're told that she tested positive before the president left Washington for an indoor roundtable and fundraiser in New Jersey, which he flew to. Just to be clear here, this positive COVID test for Hope Hicks didn't change the president's schedule. That's right. And I was on that plane with him. And was there any sense when you were on that flight to New Jersey that Hope Hicks had tested positive? Nope, there was none at all. She wasn't on the flight. It was a very normal and probably one of the more boring Trump flights I've been on. It's a very quick flight to New Jersey. Can you kind of describe what a boring flight on Air Force One is? 
I think when I say boring, I mean, there have been flights where Trump comes to the back of the plane to talk to reporters. There have been flights where he brings reporters up to the front of the plane to see his office. This was boring largely in that we didn't see the president. It's pretty remarkable now to think about, you know, we were certainly beckoning the president to come talk to us on a number of occasions, and he didn't, which is somewhat unusual for him, but we didn't really make much of it at the time. And Trump saw people in New Jersey yesterday. Who did he meet with? We don't know who he met with because the campaign hasn't issued a list of names. My understanding is that people were not wearing masks at the event, which is pretty standard for what the president has been doing. Because since he's tested and the people around him are tested, they typically then don't wear masks afterwards. And yeah, we don't know who he met with, but it was a fundraiser. So it was probably, you know, major donors to the campaign from the New Jersey area. New Jersey's governor has urged everyone who attended the event to get tested and self-quarantine. So it sort of seems like, based on circumstantial evidence, that Hope Hicks could have given the virus to the president. Is that a fair conclusion to draw? I think it's hard to say because... She tested positive on Thursday. He tested positive Thursday night. Her symptoms showed up on Wednesday. It seems possible he could have given it to her or they could have gotten it from somebody else. I don't know that we have enough information or that it's possible to have enough information to say that she definitively gave it to him. And do we have a sense of how well she is doing? My understanding was she was experiencing some mild symptoms and I I haven't heard any worsening. The president, first lady, and Hicks aren't the only ones in the White House orbit to test positive. Ronna McDaniel, the chair of the Republican National Committee, and Utah Senator Mike Lee both announced today they had COVID. And both have attended events with the president in the last week. Coming up, what the president's diagnosis could mean for the White House and his campaign. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by KPMG. The people at KPMG make the difference for their clients. Talented teams leveraging the right technology to uncover insights that illuminate opportunity. KPMG teams together with their clients, working shoulder to shoulder to help grow and transform their enterprise. Are you ready to make the difference together? Go to visit.kpmg.us backslash transformation to learn more. Welcome back. The medical establishment has said that people should wear masks, be six feet apart, meet outdoors, limit contact. But the White House has its own rules. Why are they different and what is their justification? I think the president in the beginning was very concerned about the idea of publicly wearing a mask, and we didn't see him do that ever until this summer. Inside the White House, there was initially this spring guidance that went out that everybody should be wearing a mask unless they're at their desks. 
They used to also do temperature checks for reporters coming into the White House. And anybody who was going to be in close proximity to the president would be tested, including the president himself. And I think the White House really felt like their system of daily testing made it so that they were keeping regular enough tabs on what was happening that it would prevent the virus from spreading within the White House. So the White House has kind of been relying on rapid testing as a way to contain the virus. And this seems to show that those rapid tests may not be fast enough. Yes, I think rapid testing combined with frequent indoor maskless events is not enough to prevent the virus from spreading. And I think the president really quite recently had started to resume indoor rallies in some cases, in addition to all his outdoor rallies. And I think now he has to sort of grapple with the question of how far back do they need to let people know that they should be quarantining? You know, when could he have started to become contagious? Because he's traveled quite a bit this week. How has the White House said they will communicate with the public about the president's health? That's a good question. I don't know that they have answered that so far. I think they pointed out that they made it public very quickly when the president tested positive last night, which obviously was a very good thing. But I think that this is going to be a really big test for the White House and for reporters covering the White House in terms of how we figure out, you know, are the president's symptoms worsening? When is he going to be doing better? When is it really safe for him to travel again? I think those are going to be really hard questions to answer. What does Trump's positive test mean for how he will operate, both on the campaign trail and as president? On the campaign trail, it means that at least for a couple weeks, he's going to need to cancel his in-person events. So he was supposed to go to a um, an indoor fundraiser at the Trump Hotel today, and he was then going to go to Florida this evening for a rally, and he canceled both of those. So we don't expect him to travel, and we certainly don't expect him to go attend any events in the next couple of weeks, although it's not clear yet how soon after he tests negative they might try and resume those. In terms of the presidency, I mean, it's less clear to me how much that will change. I think he very much wants to signal that he's still working, that he's still very much able to do his job, that this is not having him on bed rest or anything. So if his symptoms remain mild, I don't think there's any reason to think that the functioning of the government needs to change. You know, if things were to worsen and become really severe, he would have the option of temporarily transferring power to the vice president under the 25th Amendment and then taking it back whenever he felt he was recovered. So COVID has rattled our lives, and it's a really serious illness. Seven million Americans have had the virus. More than 200,000 have died. And now it's reached the leader of the country. Do you think the president's diagnosis will change his administration's approach to COVID? Based on what we've seen in the 12 hours or so since his positive test, I would say no. I mean, I think if things were going to change, you would have seen West Wing officials come out wearing masks today. I think you would not see them talking about how they got this rapid test and it showed they were negative and so they're fine because that's not what CDC guidelines say to do. They say that if you're in contact with someone, you should wait 14 days and then be tested because it can take a certain amount of time for the virus to incubate. So 
I think if anything, if the president, if it never gets that severe for him and then he recovers, I think that we're going to see him talk about how he vanquished over this illness and, you know, how he got through it. And so the country will get through it and that it will all be gone soon, which is the kind of rhetoric we've been seeing from him for months. How would you describe this moment we're in? Surreal, but I would say that for most of the last three and a half years. I mean, it's incredibly strange, although not necessarily terribly surprising, to have this happen. Because he's had so many close calls in the last, you know, nine months, it just seemed like it wasn't going to happen. And to have it happen now, one month before the presidential election, and after this crazy debate earlier this week, it just... It just makes the end of this year seem even crazier than it did before. That's all for today, Friday, October 2nd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Ryan Knutson and me, Kate Leinbaugh. The show's made by Katherine Brewer, Gerard Cole, Pia Godkari, Annie Minoff, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Novetsky, Caitlin O'Keefe, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Annie Rose Strasser, and Rob Zipko. Our show is engineered by Griffin Tanner and Nathan Singapak. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Bobby Lord, Peter Leonard, Emma Munger, So Wiley, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasulka. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.